0: You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast.
1: All right, it's the Storm Tracker Podcast here. I am Marcus Benjamin, and I'm joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Bluestein. Now, if you don't know who Larry is, uh, then you you just don't know about high school football in the area or um, are very privy to that, that, that type of thing. But um, Larry was is cl- kind enough to, to join me today to talk a little spring football. Uh, we've got spring practice coming up for the Miami hurricanes and just wanted to have a quick discussion with my guy blue. Uh, how's it going, man? Good. Thanks Marcus. I appreciate you having us in
0: and uh Obviously, uh, Miami's taking it right down to the wire, (laughs) just got themselves coordinators, still have a couple of uh, coaching spots to fill, but at least they got the coordinators, at least they got to put in, uh, you know, some some new wrinkles, and spring's going to be very, very important.
1: Yeah, yeah, as it always is. And, yeah, you did allude to it uh, that Miami added a couple of, new coordinators have yet to hire a wide receivers coach we'll see what happens uh, from what we hear uh, that is supposed to be happening this week and it, it would be ideal because you got junior day coming up on March 4th and then um just kind of want to have uh, coaches in place for spring practice uh, but last year was it was a tumultuous one uh for the hurricanes and, and ball in year 1 uh, it, it it was tough you know and um i think crystal ball went through some growing pains and you know as a result uh, a lot of coaches have 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 departed and and miami will have to i guess reinvent the culture that they created last season but in your in your honest opinion blue what do you think went wrong last season
0: well you know i've been watching miami uh, you know back since the middle 60s and I've uh, seen some teams that were, you know, okay. And I've seen some teams that were not okay. That had been last year had been one of the worst rosters they've ever had. I mean, they they, they had barely had frontline players, let alone depth. And um, when you have your quarterback, your chief quarterback, a guy that you counted on go down and, not very healthy throughout the year. Then you had your go-to guy on offense, your slot guy, and Xavier Restrepo go down. You weren't very deep on the offensive line. You had no playmakers as receivers um, on and off with uh, the kid young. Um, yeah. It just – there was no consistency. you running back. You were down to a walk-on <laughs> yeah. as, as a guy who was a backup. Uh, and and saw extensive playing time. So from the offensive standpoint, not a very not a very good roster. Not uh, and, and I mean you could blame everybody in the world for it, but just the fact that you know you can't blame Mario Cristobal. He inherited this. And there was nothing he could really do other than watch it play out. Uh, defensively, uh, you're you're looking at a team that gave up forty point six times. Uh, yeah. I don't ever remember that happening. I mean, and, and, and it wasn't a great teams either. I mean, you, you did it to a, a middle Tennessee state team. You did it to a Florida state team that last year was probably in as bad a shape as Miami was They yeah. couldn't buy a win. And then all of a sudden they turned things around. Uh, they had no consistent pass rush. They had maybe two linebackers and you were relying on a freshman and Wesley the Saint to, to step up uh, your defensive secondary was good, but it wasn't outstanding. So in a nutshell, your team and your, your roster just was not good. And that, that was a major, major problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Christopher saw that and, and he kind of said that in several Press conferences, or kind of paraphrase it, saying that there was a mon- monstrosity of a gap, and and there's basically talent deficiencies on this roster, and he's done his best to really kind of fix that issue with bringing in talent via the transfer portal, bringing in talent uh, with recruiting, has a, a top ten class going into this 2023 season. So I, th- I think he's done a good job of, of addressing those issues and the issues also were probably up top with, with, with the coaches and I think that's kind of part of the reason why we saw some coaches leave and now we've got some new coordinators in the fold. We've got Shannon Dawson who is another one of those disciples from the air raid offense. So Uh, We expect to see the ball flying around, Uh, at least the Hurricanes fans are expecting that from that type of offense. And then you've got Lance Guidry, who comes in with a a ton of experience and that uh, experience in recruiting the Louisiana and Mississippi, uh, you know, South Texas uh, area. So so that is something for, for Hurricanes fans to definitely get excited about. What do you expect from this offense uh, first in 2023?
0: Well, first of all, the you know you alluded to a lot of the coaches. You had a lot of big name guys, you know, guys who uh, brought in with them, uh, you know, some pass like Coach Steele, uh, you know, who who had been here and also on offense. I mean, you you, you had a few guys who uh, you know had Coach Gaddis, who was undoubtedly the one of the best assistants coming in. But what you didn't have was teachers. You had all these people who promised, oh, they're going to be great recruiters. But you know as well as I do, Marcus, recruiting takes care of itself when you win. And the one yeah. thing I remember when Mario Cristobal was, um, was hired, the one thing that he said, and, and it kind of stuck with me, he says, we're looking for guys on this coaching staff to elevate the talent, to bring these guys to where we think that they could be. And they certainly didn't have that last year, and that was a major problem. So by yeah. bringing in a, uh, especially like we're, we're concentrating on offense, and you look at a, a coach Dawson who's innovative. Um, every all the players who played for him respect him, and you know they look forward to going out and playing. And I think that's going to be a huge difference uh, because of the offense. It's you know in some ways it's still. It's still the same. You still have Frank Latson. You still had uh, Jacoby George. Both of them were given ample time to step up and make a difference last year. And they, for yeah. the most part, they didn't. Either did Michael Redding. And and, right. and guys like that, you really need. Uh, Kobe Young made an impression, but he was yeah. in t- too inconsistent. So he kind of fell into the the entire um, the direction that the team was going. Uh, Last year, obviously, a Will Mallory, who I I still think that Will Mallory will fall in line with a Chantrell Henderson um, and a Sam Shields and become a much better player when he gets to the next level, which is sad, but sometimes it happens. You know, he's the type of guy uh, that I think that some of his best games last year or the last two years, uh, he made some really great plays, but they were all called back. So he really never... uh, made an impression but you have guys like elijah royal you have people like cam mccormick who's like an eighth year player um you have jaleel skinner who they could use that a lot of options because he's a tall guy with a lot of speed so he could create some mismatches even going at the wide at the wide receiver position quarterback if he stays healthy tyler van dyke is as good as you get but if he doesn't, yeah. they're in trouble. It's just because yeah. of the fact that Jacuri Brown isn't the type of guy that's going to pick up this offense. He doesn't have the experience or, uh, you know, off the bat. Picked up a lot of valuable playing time. Running back wise, I think they're in really good hands. They're a year away from being one of the best running back group, maybe in the country. They have, if a hell, if Cheney can stay healthy, and I know it's a big if because he hasn't done yeah. it. But he's a guy that can grind out some yards for you, give you some good playing time, along with Parrish. And and the one thing about Henry Parrish, and, you know, you look at a guy who's 175 pounds and you look at guys like that, they're used to bouncing plays outside. But he doesn't do that. He runs tackle to tackle, which is great because he utilizes, you know, not only his quickness, but his durability. And he does. I know he got hurt a little bit last year. We haven't even take the, taken the raw uh, the the rapper off Trevante Citizen, who yeah. <laughs> I think has got a load of uh, you know uh, of talent. And then you have incoming freshmen, a guy like I mean you I, I don't have to tell you I mean you've seen Mark Fletcher play. I mean yeah. this is a guy that is virtually a Big Ten back because he runs downhill, but somebody that could co- you know create a lot of situation. Then you have Chris Johnson, who I think. Still has a lot to learn as a runner, running back. But you get him in space in some way, jet sweep, um, returns, uh, and this kid can make a difference. And to yeah. me, when you look at up front, and they've had problems. But if you get something out of Zion Nelson, if you get something out of Jalen Rivers, those are two guys who I think have the potential. Even though they're you know, even though you look at Jalen and he's a young guy, he certainly has a lot of potential. But to Absolutely. me. It, it's the new guys, uh, Marcus, that are coming in, the, the Matthew Lee, the, uh, the, the Javion Cohens, uh, the Francis Malagoas, the, uh, the Samson Okanola, those type of guys. And you don't want to rely on freshmen, but you do have a guy in, in Javion Cohen who's a senior. You have somebody like Lee who's a senior. So I think with them combined with Rivers and Nelson, you've got the nucleus of some, something special. So from an offensive standpoint, um, I think they're a whole lot better depth-wise. You still got uh, Lawrence Seymour, big baby out of Central. You have Jonathan Dennis, who had some experience in Oregon, uh, used to play in South Florida. You have Cooper, Anes Cooper, who came out you know last year. Uh, you have Matthew McCoy. Um, I think from that standpoint, you look at that plus. Uh, A healthy Xavier Restrepo still needs somebody on the outside, still need somebody to come in the huddle, you know, like they did the year before or the year before that and say, hey, listen, get it to me. I'll I'll beat that guy. And they don't have that guy yet. But I think during the spring, that's where everything can be uncovered, whether they move Jaleel Skinner outside, because you know as well as I do. Everything's based on productivity, and you could have all the, you know, the promise you want like Jacoby George does and like Michael Redding does and Burchard Smith and those guys, but if you don't live up to it, you know, and and that's the one thing, too, and when we get to the defensive standpoint, I mean, everybody always wants to, to, to knock a guy like Corey Flagg. But he's been your la- he's been your leading tackle the last two years. So how <laughs> can sure you has. how can you how can you get all over a guy like that? It's all about productivity and the offensive side of the ball. You know, you were at every game you saw. Um, yeah. they just got nothing off of that offense, any consistency. The offensive line was getting pushed back, they were too predictable. They never really threw up field. So if you're a defensive coordinator, you're going into that game going, oh. Oh, this, this should be an easy task because they're right. not throwing with any regularity upfield. And then when Jack Curry Brown came in, there was, there was no way they were going to throw up field. He just wasn't used to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the personnel just wasn't matching the scheme last season. And and this season you're going to see a scheme that's matching what the hurricanes have. And you, you kind of mentioned all the guys that that should be stepping up right and I think this team actually has a little bit more depth. Where if they go and, and get bitten by the injury bug again, that they'll be able to sustain some level of success. Um, you mentioned like a like a player like Jonathan Dennis, who who may not start, but he may get his opportunity if one of one of those players on the offensive yeah. line. Same same with possibly Inez Cooper. Um, you know has a possibility to possibly start on that offensive line. Uh, but yeah. it all comes down for me is is, is Tyler Van Dyke, man. Are, 100%. We, are, are we going to see the Tyler Van Dyke of 2021 when he, w- when he went on that, that crazy, crazy run? And in this offense, Shannon Dawson has basically averaged around 3,000 yards passing with his quarterbacks in the last few years uh, at, at Houston. So if we get anything close to that type of production from Tyler Van Dyke, then this this team is going to be able to score points and not going to be blown out by forty points like we saw last season. So
0: yeah, we'll and,
1: see. We'll see what happens. But
0: you made a good point. I mean, and, and I just I reiterated it early, it all falls on Van Dyke. If yeah. he's not healthy or he's not in the lineup, they're hurting. I mean they're yep. hurting definitely hurting. And 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 you bring up some, you know, some of the playmakers from 2021, you had a guy like Rambo who's catching nine and 10 balls a game and stretching the field and making giving an opportunity for your tight ends to to go over the middle and your running backs to come out of the backfield, which if you look at Houston's offense that's how they ran. They, they yeah. got, you know, I mean, they got their, their running back out of the backfield. He had over 1,000 yards. He had 99 catches, you know, so – yeah. That's, if that's a, a precursor of what this offense is going to be about, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be ball control, but at the same time, you know, uh, eating up a lot of yards. And that, as you pointed out, that didn't happen last year because you didn't have a go-to guy on the outside. You didn't have a consistent offensive line that if Rivers went out, you didn't have anybody to really plug in without getting, in, you know, getting torn up against some really good competition uh, that they played on defense.
1: Yeah, this offense did not have a go-to guy. There, there's there's no one player as as Miami teams have in the past that you could say this is the most explosive guy on the field, either team that can really kind of you know stretch the field and 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 put some put some fear in the heart of a defense. And there there wasn't a guy like that at all last season. Yeah. I mean, partially that's that's because Xavier Strepo was injured most of the year uh but he even he is not not the fastest guy uh in the world or even on the team so if if he does go down you you want to see a Jacoby George or Bashard Smith really kind of step into a role where they can be depended upon just like x uh was or, or was supposed to be uh last season so sure yeah, so there's going to be a lot of questions for this offense, and we'll get the breakout players in a second. Uh, but let's touch on the defense a little bit. Uh, Lance Gidry, he he comes in here, and he's going to have an aggressive defense, very similar to what we saw last season. But there will be a focus on the defensive backfield because he's got a defensive back background. So I expect the uh, the the big huge plays that we saw given up last season that that will be eliminated because he's more of a defensive back minded uh type of coach. And right the the uh the defensive uh backfield is probably one of the strongest on this team with with uh, cameron kinchens and hopefully you get a healthy James Williams back and Devontae Brown from UCF, one of the best corners uh in college football as far as efficiency yeah. last season according to pro football focus. But overall, what do you think this defense will look like, Blue? And what what are you expecting from the Hurricanes? Well,
0: you made a good point, okay? The secondary is going to be good. But for them to be good, you got to get pressure. Jafari Harvey is one of those guys. I think Nigel Kelly, this is a year where he could really step up and make a difference. It's going to be all about depth. Uh, We know you have Leonard Taylor. Does Thomas Gore, is, is he a guy that could get in the mix and, you know, kind of make a difference? Is Branson Dean a guy that can make a difference? Uh, Harrison Hunt, who I loved last year. He just, you know, he didn't, he was just kind of feeling his way in. Um, and a guy who really came to play every single day or every single week was Akeem Mesutov. I mean, yeah. he was he was a big time plus to this team, a Chance Absolutely. Williams who we really haven't had an opportunity to see a whole lot of. So when you're talking about up front, you have a great mix of guys that, with an aggressive style of defense, as you mentioned, that a, a coach Gidry brings at a table, then it makes it a lot easier uh, for your linebackers because I had you know I had said before, uh, Corey Flag Jr. You know, okay, so he's an undersized guy, but he continues to lead. He's around the, around the ball at, at all times. And this year, with the addition of Francis Mauagoa, who's got a plenty of potential, uh, a guy like Wesley Saint who's had – I think he had the baptism under fire last year. Uh, yeah. Keontra Smith, who made plays last year as well. Sure. Uh, I think it becomes an easier job when you have – a lot more depth than you did last year. I mean, you sure. won't have to rely on Wesley making all the plays or a Corey flag. I think that, that, that just watching Francisco, Mau- Francisco Malagoa, what he's potential of doing, he's a big time kid. And and I think that he's got an opportunity to do some really good things. And then you set the table, like you said, for a Devonte Brown or a James Williams or Cameron Kitchens or a Darrell Porter, uh, or a, a Takori couch, and then you have depth behind them, you know, with a Markeith Williams and and, and uh, a Terry Robertson and, and, and the kid Jaden Harris, and then yeah. some of the newcomers that are going to come in. And that's the one thing. On both sides of the ball, a lot of those newcomers are going to make a huge difference, not as starters, because you can't do that. You can't bring in seven freshmen. So okay, you start. You start because then right. all of a sudden you you go back in the day when you know uh, um, somebody like Duke Johnson and Tracy Howard were thrust into a position of leadership when they were seventeen and eighteen years old, and you can't win like that. But I right. will tell you, I think the as you pointed out. The depth on the offense is uh, predicated on the offensive line, which has been dr- drastically improved. And then, as you said, you could filter in Francis Maugou and Oak and, and guys like that, uh, you know, to make it stronger. Same thing on the defensive side. A lot of yeah. these newcomers, I think, have an opportunity to to help. But I think the front seven is going to be a whole lot deeper. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot better, and it's going to be more aggressive. And you're going to see, instead of, you know, steel sucking on his thumb to be more aggressive to, you know, to bring the house uh, to to disguise defensive coverages. And uh, that's, that's got to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited for this linebacking core. Uh, This is a team historically in the past couple of years, um, we're abysmal at tackling and (laughs) they improved a little bit last, last season, but still not at the level where you want to see this team to be. And they brought in some guys, uh, you know, some young guys. And you you also mentioned, you know, Francisco Malagoa, uh, the brother of Francis Malagoa. So a couple Malagoas uh, to add to some depth to this team. It, it makes me wonder – like, who is going to be those two starting linebackers, you know, because you've got so much depth now. I can't imagine, like, any one of these freshmen would start um, over no. Wesley Bussainth or Francisco no. Goa. Those my are your two, really is, I think. Yeah, but my question really is Corey Flag, like you mentioned. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's been kind of the heart and soul, so to speak, of this defense, probably the smartest guy uh, when it comes to managing the defense in the middle where 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 does he kind of fit in? If you got you know uh, players that I would say are more athletic and bigger than him in a Francisco Malago and a Wesley Besaint. Um, yeah. I would imagine it's going to be some somewhat of a rotation, just like last season. Um, but the majority of the reps, I I feel is it's going to be Wesley Bessaint and, and and Malago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, and it then then isn't it gonna come down to production again? If you're missing tackles and you're not getting the job done, next man will step up. And you isn't it nice to know that you have a guy like Corey Flagg who is a proven playmaker just in case things go south, that he can right. come in and and play more extensive uh you know action. And I think during the spring, that's the one thing that I'm sure that Coach Gidgery wants to get, you know, get a look at and Coach Nicholson wants to get a look at what, what they could expect out of these linebackers. And I think it's very, very important that, and I keep telling, you know, everybody that spring is so vital. It's vital for everybody, but it, yeah. but this year it's so vital because you don't want to come back in the summer with those same questions. You want to at yeah. least have a good basis. And that's why with both coordinators that the last two and a half weeks since they've been um, hired, They've never left the office. They've all they've done is know, get to know the note of personnel, watch what they're capable of, have some meetings with them. And that's been essential because when they get out there over the weekend, you know, for the first time, uh, they've got to have some game plan. They can't they can't doddle the the first couple of practices away. Uh, they have to have a purpose. As you just said, you know, every day I would if if I'm him, I'd have a board. And my board will shift. And if Malagoa has a, a off day and Corey Flag has a good day, he gets into that position. And I think that's every school does that. You know, yeah. every, even Alabama. If if you're at the end of the day, they have a performance chart. And whoever's at the top of that list at the end of the spring will go in the summer, you know, as somebody that needs to get beaten out, or he he stays there. It's the only way you could do it. And and, yeah. and I think I think that if you look at at, uh, the track record Guidry has and talking to some of the people that have coached with him and played under him, uh, he's a fiery guy that will get everything out of you. And, you know, we sat up in the press box sometime and it was almost sickening the whole game. The most animated person on the field was your head coach. And it shouldn't always be like that. You right. should have your defensive coordinators or your defensive coaches jumping around and, you know, getting these kids pumped up and make sure that they're, ma- you know, here's the thing. And, and, and you know, you could put the blame on coaching to a certain extent because yeah. their, their job, Marcus, is to get these guys ready, to put them in the place to make the plays. They don't make the plays. It can't always be about the the defensive coaches or the offensive coaches. It's got to sometimes lay with the player.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And speaking of like players really kind of jumping out or going to the top of the board spring is, is really to see who those players are, like which players are just going to pop off the screen or, or, or off of green tree practice field. And, there's a lot of candidates out there that are going to be breakout players because there were some players last year who had some hype going into fall camp. And for whatever reason, whether it be due to injury or just just not being able to get any playing time, didn't really show what they could do. In your opinion, which players do you think have a chance to really have a breakout spring?
0: Well, I'll start with a guy who's a veteran on the offensive side. And I think Javion Cohen is a guy that really has an opportunity at a position of need. Somebody who could rally yeah. the team. He's, uh, he's been in 44 games already at the collegiate level, which is twice as much as any other offensive lineman on that side of the ball. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, I look at him as as being that leader, as being somebody that uh, Okunlola and, and Francis Malgoa will have an opportunity to learn from. Uh, they will also have an opportunity to learn from Cam McCormick, who's been around a long time, and, you know, at least he's, from, from a uh, maturity standpoint, uh, you know, maybe not talent-wise, but for somebody who's been there, done that, he, I think your older players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I think that – and I'll tell you a guy on defense that I think if, if, if he shows what he could do in spring, he, he could be the breakout player of the year, and that's Nigel Lee Kelly. I mean, this okay. kid, you and I watched him several, several okay. times in high school, and Definitely. this cat gained a lot of weight. Um, he's long. He's quick. And I think he could have a hugely breakout year.
1: Yeah, definitely good ones. Definitely good ones, Blue. Uh, for me, on on offense, I think um, I think Isaiah Horton really has a chance okay. to really break out uh, this 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 spring. I'm going to give you two on offense, but I, Isaiah Horton because he really started to flash at last fall camp. I don't know if you remember Blue, but he was out there making all kinds of plays, and then unfortunately he suffered. He suffered an injury that, uh, unfortunate for him, you know, kind of shortened his his season. So I expect big things for from him in the spring, and I think he's going to be a surprise to some, um, uh, you know, in the passing game. And another player on offense is, is Jaleel Skinner. I I think he is is an absolute freak uh, of yeah. an athlete. I mean, yeah. I, and you really haven't seen him show that as of yet and i think this is the opportunity for him to really show what he can do especially in this offense and you alluded to this earlier they could put him uh put him out at wideout, you know line him up in the slot or maybe line him up all the way outside uh he's got that type of ability and we just haven't quite seen it just yet. We've seen some flashes of it last season, but not to the level that that we saw coming out of high school. And I, I think this is going to be the spring where where we see exactly the, the what the ceiling could be. And yeah. on deep, yeah, and on defense. I think it's a it's a guy that you that you talked about earlier as well as a transfer in Francisco Malgoa. I really think he is going to break out and show like, wow, OK, well, this guy can really, you know, drag down these, these tacklers and 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 be be a factor even in the passing game. And last last season for Washington State, he made plays um, in the passing game. So I, I think he's really going to show people why. Uh, he was sought after and uh, he's going to be, I think he's going to make a big difference uh, for this defense, but I love Nigel Lee Kelly too. I mean, Nigel Lee Kelly, you know, when he came out, I was, I was telling people, I I believe I told you as well as that. I thought he was the best defensive end in South Florida at the time. And at the time it was uh Stewart. It was um uh, uh the the guy from uh, American Heritage, his name escapes me um, at the time. He went yeah. to Georgia. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um,
0: um, uh, Jones, not um Marvin Jones is uh, was uh,
1: Mar- yeah Marvin yeah. Jones Junior. Yeah, yeah Marvin Jones Junior. So yeah. so I I thought he was better than those two guys and and you know I would go into you know back and forth with people about it about that but I I love Nigel Lee Kelly and and he's he's just got a motor that I think uh, will. Will help this team win games and 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 shut down offenses. So, um, yeah. so so overall, um, with spring, you know we are we kind of already talked about you know what we didn't see last season, and spring spring is kind of kind of a it's a great time. It's very important, but it's a weird time, and so is fall camp because it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't type of situation, because if uh if a wide receiver makes a big play, then that means, Hey, that defensive back didn't make a big play, you know? So it's, yeah, so it's kind yeah. of a double edged sword in, in, in that regard. But what are you hoping to see from this team? As far as, as far as productivity? I mean, I kind of alluded to it to what I wanted to see and that's tackling. I kind of want to see them be efficient tackling the football and, and, uh, aside from that on defense, it's kind of hard to, to measure, you know, what else to, 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 to see or to hope for on defense, but tackling is something that, that you can see, you know, you can see when a to miss is a miss tackle, and you don't want to see that. And then on offense, you kind of, for me, you know, you just don't want to see any drop balls, right? You, you, you want to see the offense be efficient and you don't want to see. Drop balls. There were too many drop balls last season in the spring, and that showed up on the field in the fall. So those are some of the things that I'm hoping to see. What about you, Blue?
0: Well, I want to see them establish themselves, as you said, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, You know, I mean, and and it'll all revolve around the quarterback position and see how. And I, I really think that um, uh, Van Dyke picks up the offense quite well. He's got to stay healthy, but I think he'll do it well because he's got good quick release. He's got great vision. Uh, You know, he's not, you know, he'll use his running backs. He'll use them out of the backfield. I think that people uh, are going to underestimate what he could do in an offense like this. This is a lot like Lashley's offense, but a lot more, I think, uh, just more innovative and getting more people involved. Um, So that's what I want to see on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensively, you hit it right on the head before. They had, n- they had no depth. They 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 couldn't make a tackle consistently. I mean, it went again. I mean, how many times do we sit up there in the press box? And go, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah. You know, yeah. after someone breaks one tackle, breaks another, breaks another.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're all we were back at twenty twenty one again, Marcus. You know,
1: I mean, yeah, I'm still having nightmares of that one play of Josh Downs for North Carolina breaking all yeah, the tackles. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: But uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Um, you know, I mean, w- what's going to happen? Um, a lot of these people, uh, I think that if, if things stay, and I think they got to stay healthy, that's the most important. Uh, that's the most important thing. If they could stay healthy, um, I think things will fall into place. I think just having a new outlook on both sides of the ball, you know, I mean, and, and I think that, like you said, Somebody like a Dawson, he's gonna be, he's gonna be the type of coach that, that everybody likes. And Gattis didn't endear himself to everybody. You know, I mean, the assistant coaches. I mean, come on, let's be realistic. He never asked Frank Ponce for anything, and that's not the way you do it. You know, in some ways, I blame Mario Cristobal because he had he needed to step in, you know, and 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 knock that down at the butt, But he's got to be receptive to the receiver coach uh, you know up front everything running backs they've all got to be on the same page if they have some input it's extra eyes that wasn't the way it was run last year and it's got to change and it will because they i mean like i said i talked to people who coach with um uh, uh you know, Dawson before and coached against them. And they said, this guy's a dude. He's, yeah. he's one of those, he's a, a player friendly type of guy uh who knows his stuff and isn't, and he makes it fun. You know, he puts the challenge on the kids. I don't
1: think they had fun last year. They, they did not have fun. They did not have fun last year. Last year was not, not a fun year. I mean, we've heard from, from some of the players saying it's, it feels like they're in the military. <laughs> um and the i mean i guess the military could be fun um but that's not usually what you hear from players on your football team so excited to see this team and and, and really kind of see what they will be here in the spring but uh give us some insight on the future though uh, uh blue as far as i i uh, I, I i think uh you Besides myself and and Frank know more about what's going on on the high school football uh gridiron and and just some of the prospects that that we're we're looking forward to see maybe in their senior year twenty twenty four kids twenty five kids Wh- which are some of the kids that you think Miami should target as far as from South Florida
0: well obviously. Two of the top five guys have early committed with Jeremiah Smith to Ohio State and TJ Capers to Louisville. But I think that could change. You know, I mean, I think that could change dramatically. Josiah Trader, who seems to like Miami and seems to like what they're doing. Uh, Zaquan Patterson, who I think is without a doubt Uh, one of the best safeties maybe one of the best safeties anywhere. You talk about Dylan Stevenson, uh guy who was at Killian. He's an edge rusher. Uh, he's up to 235, almost 240 now, which is yeah. is impressive. Um do you you look at guys like Davion Gauz from Shamanon, but I think with the running game that they have and the two incoming uh freshmen this year, I think that they'll be pretty set. Did they go after a Stacy Gage from St. Thomas Aquinas? Did they go after a lot? Huh?
1: I said love Stacy Gage. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Love- uh, you talk <laughs> about an athlete, a guy who could play anywhere. What about Jacory Barney? Uh, probably one of the most underappreciated uh, players from Miami Palmetto. Could play yeah. uh, up to five six position. Uh, I think they're going to stay in that tight end mode, and they're going to put all the you know they're going to put a lot into Colton Heinrich. From uh, Cardinal Gibbons, I think this is a kid that has an opportunity, uh, you know, to be really, really special. So, from a local standpoint, I mean, you got, I mean, now you got somebody right in your own backyard, uh, you know, a kid last year who, you know, I mean, it probably made uh, quite a, quite a, a name for himself. The kid Randall at Daytona Mainland, who's now at Homestead. A wide receiver that makes catches, a guy that is an outstanding type of player. You have an edge rusher at New Orleans, Jeremiah Marcelin, who I think the world of. Uh, Daylon Russell, an interior kid from Columbus, who showed this year what, what you know what he could do. Luanne McCoy, who I think is as athletic a wide receiver as you're going to find. Did they go after a Nick Rodriguez from St. Thomas Aquinas, a kid who's a an outstanding football talent. Uh, maybe on the light side now, but he can get into the 220 range and, you know, a sure tackler. I mean, do you look at guys from outside the area? I mean, you look at more uh, uh, IMG guys. You look at Desmond Ricks, the cornerback the from IMG. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Ellis Robinson, who is another defensive guy. David Stone, who, who I think undoubtedly might be the best defensive lineman in the country. Uh, but guys who Miami's kind of targeted, I mean, you know, the kid, James Randall, as I mentioned from mainland, uh, who's now at Homestead, um, this kid's, this kid's big time. So Miami's got a lot of guys to look at, uh, you know, in the 2024 range. I mean, then, you know, when you, when you take a look at kids, uh, you know, that Tamaje Hay, uh, Hayes from up at Melbourne, who uh, they, they just got his, one of his teammates this year at at O'Galley high school. So I think yeah. the 24 class is really, really loaded. They've kind of yeah. – uh, I think they've kind of um, uh – Put into perspective where they want to go And I think that when you take a look At getting a Ryan Mack Or getting, you know, somebody like that Or, uh, you know, a Brandon Jacobs From Orlando uh, So there's a lot of guys to choose from I, you, know, I, I, you know, in this 2024 class uh, 2025 wise Obviously there's some really good talent uh, You know, in South Florida I mean, who do you, I mean, you could look at Any of these guys from around the state But I think right now what Miami needs to do is they need to start targeting more and more young kids from this area from south florida as they did in this last class you know people are bitching and moaning, it they did they got eight nine kids from the south florida how many you want you know i mean you gotta you gotta kind of understand that even when miami was killing people back in the 80s and the 90s they didn't get everybody it's just not always set up for that but uh there's a lot of talent out there Marcus. Yeah. I mean, you know, and yeah, we'll yeah. see we'll see a lot more 2025 kids emerge. You know, right now they're just coming off of their sophomore year and a lot of them really haven't made that impact yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh just want to comment on one of the players that you talked about, Jacory Barney. Uh, he's a player that to me at times outplayed Robbie Washington uh, oh, yeah. on the field. So uh, that that's a guy that I would love to see Miami really go after Uh, another really good wide receiver. I just want to mention is Jose Leon. Jose Leon is is an outstanding receiver. Uh, He really kind of fits the mold of 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 a lot of uh, the slot receivers that that they already have on the roster. As far as like uh, you know Ray Ray and 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 uh, Robbie and and Rashard Smith, Uh, like he he's he's that type of player. And that that's a player that I would like to see them you know, kind of pursue as well. Um, yeah, yeah we could kind of talk all day as, as far as players are, are concerned, but you did see some players at the, the orange bowl, uh, showcase. So, um, you want to talk about you, kind of what you saw there and, and, um, you know, just, just what, what, uh, impressed you.
0: Well, the thing that impressed me is the opportunity that these kids have to get another, uh, Another chance, uh, you know. I mean, to to showcase what they could do. They've already got it done on the football field or in the classroom, rather. I mean, you look at guys who who you know may not be household names, but uh, I had an opportunity to watch kids like uh, like Gabriel Leneman from Douglas, who who really stepped it up uh, and doesn't really have any place to go. Uh, Elijah Smith from Carroll City, and uh, who I thought was good. Daryl Doctor, uh, a, a lineman from Miami Palmetto. Yes. Mark Wilder, who is a leading rusher in South Florida, maybe be a step slow, but certainly a guy who, who enhances his package uh, because of what he brought to the table. And, you know, sure. to me, the, the important thing too, uh the, the Cornelius Colsey out of Westminster Christian, who I really was impressed with. But the one thing that really impresses me in the entire picture, Marcus, is, uh, you know, when it comes to a lot of these kids, um, is the opportunity for them to showcase their athletic ability right in front of coaches. And and that's why I kind of frown on some of these small college recruiting fairs, because what they're doing is showing videotape of these kids from five months ago. And it's, and if you can't, see them in front of you because that five seven five eight 160 pound kid back in november 510 190 now and his whole yeah. recruitability is a whole different and you're getting a chance to see it and yeah i mean there's smaller schools but at the same time you know because of the transfer portal because of all these different recruiting methods these kids are getting backed up and, and a lot of really good kids are getting a chance to play at NAIA schools and division two schools and, you know, FCS schools. So yeah, I, I thought it was well run. Oh, 400 kids showed up um, and, 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 you know, I mean, while it might not be Miami and FSU and UCF and such, It is for the smaller schools and they can really fill their roster with a lot of kids that you and I watched, you know, for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really a great opportunity. I'm glad they have this opportunity to really kind of showcase their talent because like you said, there's, there's a ton of kids that that really don't uh, get the exposure uh, that, that they need or deserve. Uh, Thanks to people like you, uh, they get at least some exposure and really, Uh, showcases like like you went to with the Orange Bowl showcase, they have a chance to kind of show a coach right there in real time what they can do, so good stuff there Um, I'm actually on my way to a baseball game tonight Uh, the Miami baseball team yeah, they're taking on uh, FAU at FAU so I'm going up to Boca to see see uh, them Um, the Hurricanes baseball team they've been pretty impressive so far but the 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 competition hasn't been as as strong, you know. So I think FAU is a really good test. They usually have a really good team every yes. year, and then they're going to go uh, to Gainesville to play the Gators for a three game series. So that's going to be a tough. One. Gators are ranked top ten in the nation. So really excited about that. This is actually my first time really covering baseball. So um, it's been a it's been a pretty good good time so far, but. Um, of course, CanesCounty.com, part of the Rivals.com network. So we focus a lot on on recruiting. Yeah. And uh, Blue, you you know about baseball recruiting uh, in the area. Are there some guys that w- that we should be you know knowing about as far as in the area that maybe the Canes should be looking at?
0: Well, first of all, I mean, we I, had a ch- I have had a chance to watch uh, Miami uh, so far this season. Um, and I'll tell you what, they got some kids. Uh, yeah. You know, the pitching's going to come around. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I look at a lot of guys that I've covered, you know, over the last couple of years, whether it be Jason Torres from Hialeah or uh, the kid that used to play quarterback for Belindorian Gonzalez. I mean, you have, you've got oh, power. Yeah. Uh, you've got big time kids, uh, you know, with power like Zach Levinson and and, and guys like Dario Gomez and, uh, you know, a guy who played at UNLV, uh, you know, and then now he came this, you know, at, from uh, Freedom High School out in, in Vegas. So you've got a lot of talent. Um, as far as the, the guys coming up, I, I haven't really had an opportunity, but you could just see the kids that are draftable uh you know there's uh, for the 2023 class uh in in South Florida and you know American Heritage and Douglas and Calvary and a lot of North Broward Prep um uh, you know i mean as as the spring goes on they just had the the um, the classic uh the BCA classic uh where Douglas won um you know, a a really good Douglas team. I mean, the coach Fitzgerald's always has his teams in the uh, uh, you know, in, in the mix the whole year. Uh, But uh, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a um, I think it's going to be a pretty good year for them. Miami, can only get basically who they could get. You know, I mean, it's a, it's no longer one of those, uh, you know, no longer so easy uh, to get these kids because it's, you know, you only have a certain amount of scholarships. Miami's not, you know, cheap to go to. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, as time goes on, we'll join in, I'll have a a whole deal uh, about some of the guys that I think, you know, have an opportunity to, you um, you know, to be in the mix. I mean, you've got some really, really good kids from around the, uh, uh, you know, that that end up for you know in the in 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 the Major League Baseball draft. And yeah. uh, you know, that's that's another thing too. A lot of these kids are sold the bill of goods, you know, saying, "Hey, you need to try, you need to sign," and they don't often get their way to uh, uh, to Carl Gables or Gainesville or, or Tallahassee. Yeah. But I think you're going to see uh, that Miami schedule uh, now will get a lot tougher. Uh, Florida is yeah. always really, really good. FSU off to a six and zero start. As you mentioned, yeah. the FAU game is always going to be tough. FAU picks up a lot of kids, uh, you know, from South Florida as well. So,
1: yeah. But uh, yeah. next yeah, time absolutely.
0: we join you, we'll we'll give you a good rundown on, uh, on on some of the top baseball prospects in in South Florida and in the state.
1: Yeah, definitely. One of the one of the young guys on the team that I'm really really impressed with is Blake Sear I mean, a kid out of out of Windermere uh yep. Florida Orlando I, I mean, area yeah yeah this kid is, is he's dynamite man he, he I mean for for as young as he is being a true freshman and for him to be as, as powerful as, as he is at the plate it's really nice to see this is a team that's got power uh, from from what I see so far uh that, the middle of the lineup is really really powerful um Dario Gomez just waiting for him to kind of get it going um with the bat but other than that i i don't see a lot of flaws in this lineup uh when it comes to hitting the baseball now pitching uh yet to see how how the pitching does against tougher competition we will kind of want to see that first before we can make a real judgment on where this team can go and if this team can go to omaha but so far so good when it comes to swinging the bait swing the bat
0: well think about this they played eight games so far and they have 22 home runs, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, you know, with Zach Levinson, as I said, and Sear, as you said, uh, uh, the kid, Yolande, Mo- Yohani Morales, I mean, yeah. all with a lot of, uh, pop to the ball, Carlos Perez, um, yeah. you know, and I get a chance to watch these guys and they're all up there and hitting. I mean, I think over the first couple of weeks, uh the first what week and a half of the season they had a 3.12 batting average as a team and that, that's pretty damn good. I mean, you yeah. know when you when you take a look at it and you're right pitching's going to come, you know, uh, will come around, uh, you know, I mean the Carson Leggin kid is going to be really really good and they got to get a lot more out of him this year. Uh Ben Chestnut is another guy that that we watched as well, but I think they're going to be fine. I mean, you when when a guy like Andrew Walters starts getting a little bit hot and he's more consistent, and uh, the kid tore Alejandro Torres, I think Miami's yeah. going to be fine. I you know I mean it's and it's it's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, sure is, sure is. I had my first Mark Light uh, milkshake. Uh, oh, what did you get? What kind? I got the Columbus with. that's uh, basically kind of like a McFlurry type of type of uh shake it was pretty good yeah i I heard uh, yeah
0: i talked to my guys all the time and they told me that uh yep that's uh that's one of the that's one of the perks man that's one of the perks yeah
1: Yeah, definitely definitely larry thanks thanks again for joining me today on the sport on the storm tracker podcast canescounty.com part of the rivals.com network make sure you follow this podcast on soundcloud and uh, of course on youtube as well make sure you subscribe on youtube and follow County.com on all social media platforms where can they find more stuff from you blue well you can go to prep red
0: zone florida which is uh our statewide stuff or to larryblustein.com which we do a lot of dayton broward intensive things uh we're on every week i can't tell you what days on radio because they move because of the miami heat and the panthers they move us around but we usually on a monday night uh two hours we'll get you and frank and you know get a lot of the writers from the hurricanes and people who cover miami to give their perspective and you know i mean it's a lot of fun and uh then i do a podcast every monday night at 8 30 called the sixth ring canes uh, uh, which is really good i have a, lot, a good time doing that with um uh, with Jazz Santana and uh, DJ Gillette, and also uh, and Vish. So yeah, I'm keeping busy. I'm around the dial, and I'm excited.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Blue. This is going to conclude the Storm Tracker podcast. Until the next episode.